Okay, you ready? Ready. All right. Hello, and welcome to the Joe Mel Show. I'm Joe. I'm Melissa. And you're listening to our episode today. If you saw the title already, it's about balance. And this is something, Melissa, that really I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I want to preach about balance every time I step into the pulpit at church. Yeah. Yeah, just because it's it's an area where every Christian needs to focus on. We need to be we need to be balanced individuals. And something that I've heard a lot of ministers say is um, I think Brother Hagen mentioned this a lot and so other people quote him as saying that you don't want to get in either side of the ditch, meaning there is a a balanced perspective in the Christian walk, balanced perspective in teaching, um, topics of the Bible, things like that. But the areas that we're going to talk about today specifically are areas that I think everyone can relate to. Um, well, not everybody. If you're not married, you don't have kids, you can't relate to those. But in all, everybody needs to think about how they balance their life. True. So the four areas I want to focus on today are career, marriage, parenting, and spiritual life. And you said a second ago, which area of your life or which one of those, which areas of those do you feel like you need to work on the most or you struggle with the most? I, I feel like what's hardest for me to balance is sometimes putting my children before marriage mm-hmm. because our children right now are very young, very needy. Mm-hmm. They take a lot of time and energy and just getting them ready every day and just getting their routines going and, you know, Silas is in school. There's just a lot of things that that revolve around them a lot. So I'm always focused on on what on what they need. If they if they need something to eat, if they need um, to get a project done or something like that, it's just really easy for me to prioritize their needs before ours, really, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm with them a lot during the day. You know, I'm a stay at home mom, and so I prioritize them. A, a lot. And so it's, that's an area that I know I can, I always have to continue to work on is balancing my children and my marriage and making sure, you know, I'm still setting out time for us every day to connect and to talk to, to talk and have conversation. That's why I made this podcast actually. That's my hidden motive. It's just, (laughs) I just want to talk to you more. So I, I, that's my secret for making this podcast. You know, so it's just that that's just an area that I constantly have to have to work on. Yeah. So I mean I can relate. I feel like um I'm the opposite. I'm the opposite parent. When you're at home, I'm at work. And when you're caring for the kids, I'm not. So when I come home, you know, there's there's this this of course our kids are young right now, so they just love me. They wanna play with me. They want me to spend time with them. So it's easy for me sometimes even to say, hey, I'm going to focus on the kids for a while and put you on the back burner. So I mean, I have to deal with that as well. It's not not a one-way thing. I think every marriage has to deal with that, has to to balance that and find ways to do that. So um, yeah, I'm grateful that we have we have a church and we have pastors who emphasize marriage and who provide opportunities for us to go do things together and then provide teaching that reminds us, hey, you need to be investing into your marriage because that's really where your family starts and it's where you're headed. I mean, soon Silas, Naomi, and Israel will be out of the house. You know, they'll be graduates of high school. They'll have their own families and it'll be the two of us. Right. So we need to keep investing into that. Something else that um, I see a lot of being a, being an educator and working in a school, there are infinite number of opportunities to spend time at school and to either volunteer or even get paid to do extra things. And mm-hmm. as a, as a husband, as a parent, as a Christian, and as a 
educator, as an employee, I need to balance out my life and make sure that I'm not putting my career before my family. And I mean, that's a real risk. It's a real risk, especially if you're, you know, if you're at work and you're feeling like you're achieving things or you're feeling like you're appreciated, you know, it can be easy to make that your primary focus and to neglect the other areas that you've already committed to. Right. You know, I committed to you when I married you and I committed to our children when they were born. Like, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to be your father and I'm going to be Melissa's husband. And so I see a lot of people, you know, being very, very good at something at the cost of something else that's good. Mm. And, you know, when I look at the Bible, when I was I was reading recently, First, Second Timothy and Titus, I kind of read them all back to back. And there's two places, it's in 1 Timothy, it's also again in Titus, where they Paul gives the instruction on who is eligible to be an overseer, other, other translations say bishop. And when I read that list, I was thinking about it, and I thought, wow, this is a list of a balanced individual. Because the Apostle Paul, when he was mentoring these young men, he was saying, don't just let anybody serve as an overseer. Make sure they are, I'm going to just grab a few things, I'm not going to read the whole passage. Make sure they're sober-minded, make sure they are self-controlled, make sure they're not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not lovers of money. Um, but they must manage their own household well. Even those two phrases, they don't love money, but they manage their household well. That's a balanced individual, right? Right. You is. know, they're not in love with money. They're not chasing the dollar above everything else. But at the same time, they're not slacking and not taking care of their family, not taking care of their household. It says keeping their children submissive. Um, it says uh, earlier, one of the first things he says is husband of one wife. Just the order to me says that if this is a married person that's going to be in leadership, they need to have a good marriage. They need to have a priority on that marriage as well as these other areas of life. And I think it's, you know, when you think about someone becoming a Christian and even working in ministry, it can be easy to make that your primary focus. Um, when really our first priority in life would be our relationship with God. Right. Because ultimately, any other human relationship, it should be secondary to that. Yes. But second of all, we need to have a godly marriage and invest time into our marriage and, and not allow even good things like ministry and, and like serving and volunteering. We can't let those eclipse the time we're investing into our marriage. Yeah, and something that comes to mind and that I've heard probably from our church and lots of good teaching is our relationship with God and our marriage. It's a direct reflection of each other. And so if we're not... Balanced yeah, in our relationship with God, that's going to pour over into every area of our life. So we can't expect to have balance in our career, in our marriage, in relationships with other people. Maybe if we're not married, we're, we're not going to have that balance because we're not balanced with our Creator. Mm -hmm. That's good. And it reminds me of the fact that throughout the entire New Testament, the analogy that is used to describe our relationship with God as a marriage relationship. The church is the bridegroom mm -hmm. of Christ, and it says that Jesus is coming back for his bride, take us back up through the rapture into heaven, and then later on into the thousand-year reign with Christ. And so, it is important. And I think about even creation, when you go back to the original plan of God. God made man on earth, Adam. He worked with him for a while, and then Adam was lonely, so God said, I'm going to make a help meet for him, someone who's perfectly designed to fit like a puzzle piece into this man's life so that he has a fulfilled existence here on earth. And he created Eve. 
and that was the second institution. After that relationship with God, Adam had now a relationship with Eve. And then what happened? They had children. And so you can kind of sense that order mm-hmm. coming in. And then God told them, be fruitful and multiply. Well, that doesn't, that, that last commandment doesn't supersede what the other ones were, loving God and loving your wife. And you can kind of sense that buildup. And I agree with you. When, when your relationship with God is good, you can have that great relationship with your spouse. Right. You know, you're, you can have that great relationship with your kids. Um, you know, spending time with God, I think it amplifies the fruit of the Spirit. And it seems like there's nothing more needed in parenting than the fruit of the Spirit. Love, oh gosh, joy, yes. peace, patience, <laughs> kindness. Self-control. Long-suffering. <laughs> um, even faithfulness. You know, we want to be faithful to our kids and be faithful, be consistent. It's funny, today in the car with um, with Naomi, I had this weird thought, but we were playing a Funny Man Dan. Which, if you haven't listened to Funny Man Dan, go on Spotify, search Funny Man Dan. World's greatest children al- children's album, in my opinion. It's super funny. It's a Hillsong <laughs> kids collaboration with some Australian guy. They love Jesus. They sing about God. Anyways, it's good. Go check it out. We were playing it, and Naomi said, Dad, I wanted to listen to Funny Man Dan. I said, this is Funny Man Dan. She goes, no, it's not. It's not Funny Man Dan. It's something else. I said, no, Naomi, it is. And she was, you know, she's three and she's upset because she didn't recognize the song. But I wanted to ask her, I wanted to pull over and look at her, look her in the eye and tell her, Naomi, when have I lied to you? Like, when <laughs> in my life have I ever deceived you? Why don't you believe me? And of course, she's not thinking logically because she's a toddler and she just, she's right. emotionally driven. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I, in that moment, I could say to Naomi, I've never lied to you. And that feels good. Right. It feels good to say that. And it, it reminds me of, you know, when we invest that time into our kids, we want them to trust us. We want them to take our word for things. We want them to believe us when we tell them, yes, this is Funny Man Dan. Even though <laughs> you don't recognize the song, like, I chose this and this is what it is. And anyways, I don't know how I got off on that, but being faithful to our kids and being there for them, uh, I, I hope it builds that trust with my kids. I hope that my kids will always trust me first. They wouldn't go, oh, dad's making something up again. But I hope their first reaction would be, no, dad Dad said it, so he's going to do that. He's going to follow yeah. through with it. And I know it's going to take time and it takes, you know, a consistent lifestyle. Um, but that's something I strive for, something I hope that my kids will have is that immediate trust in what I say. Yeah, that they'll see us. I mean, that's that's always on the forefront of my mind as well, is that our kids don't, they don't, uh, they see what we're doing they don't just take us at our word They're like oh i'm gonna do this but they they notice what we're actually doing do my kids actually see me having a balanced life in all these areas do mm-hmm. they see that their dad is prioritizing god their mom them and that's something that you know i i want to make sure i'm doing as well as is showing them what it's like to live a balanced Christian life because I I want them to learn from me those godly characters and and godly traits and that's just of utmost importance to me. Yeah, and each season's going to be different too because remember when each of our children was born, you had to take time off, stay home with them. You took more time off than I did and, and I was back at church serving, I was back at work. Well, yeah, I guess it was. All of our children were born in the spring or the early summertime. But, you know, you had to take extra time away from other things to prioritize them in that season. 
Yeah. And as they're growing up, we're taking them with us more places where, um, you know, if there's a prayer event at church, I have no problem taking my kids with me because they can handle it. You know, might be a little, might look a little different, but I think taking them with you to serve God, taking your children along with you and saying, this is a priority in our family. We're going to do this thing. I think that, like you're saying, sets a good example for them. It sets the the precedent where they know, hey, a balanced life is a family that loves each other, spends time together, but also spends time together in church, spends time together serving. You know, we don't neglect going to church because we have kids and we're married. We take them with us. We make that part of our life. And I think it's crucial. I think I think, you know, being a single person, I was at church all the time. Literally, when I was an intern, I was there all the time. I uh, lived on property and, and served and everything. And my life doesn't look like that now because of the season I'm in, but I want that same passion for church to be there. I want that same passion for serving God. And I want it to be evident to my kids so that they feel like that's normal. I know my parents did that for me when I was growing up. My mom was always going to music practice. She was always serving. My dad and mom both served in our youth ministry you know, even before we moved to Missouri, when I was a little, little kid, they served in youth ministry. And I've always just seen them serving somewhere, doing something in our church to where it became normalized. Like I just expected that I would find a place to serve and I would volunteer and, and no one ever had to talk me into it. And that, that was, I want that for our kids too. I want them to think this is a normal lifestyle for a Christian adult is to go to church and bring your kids to church and serve in church. Right. It reminds me of this mantra that we used to say in the internship um remember as core advisors um that was just uh people who were over other um interns i don't know how else we want to really Uh, fully yeah they were like um uh what's it there's a college term for that like residence assistance an ra yeah something like that uh anyway where we would say our lowest standard is their highest standard Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've kind of carried with myself into, you know, outside of the internship and now as like a parent to, to these three kids, like whatever I am, whatever my lowest standard is, is going to be what their highest standard is. Like Mm -hmm. if they, you know, if I don't make the bed, I can't expect them to make their own bed or teach them how to do that. Uh, If, you know, if I don't, put away my shoes i can't expect them to pick up <laughs> their shoes careful that's I'm a touchy calling, subject i call myself out here a little bit but uh you know it just goes to show like that we we just can't expect balance out of them if we're not balanced ourselves mm-hmm. and you know i'm very appreciative of my parents as well for teaching me how to serve and how to go to church and to get involved it wasn't always super fun Mm -hmm. at first but now like i can't imagine not serving and not being a part of the church and i i I agree i want it to be the same way for our kids and that's why we've had to make choices on what we allow into our lives Mm -hmm. what um things we get involved in because if it takes us out of church if it takes us you know it puts more things into our schedule where we can't find time for us for each other or even for our kids or maybe even to invest in other people right i mean then it's not worth it yeah i agree and i remember when we were doing pre-marriage counseling some of the questions that um, our mentors brought up were 
how how important is it that you have this? How important are sports in your life? How important is it that your kids play little league? How important is it that oh yeah, I forgot about that that you're involved in this or involved in that? And um, I feel like God put us together in a <laughs> very masterfully masterful way because we both had our priorities were very similar when we before we even started dating or got engaged, and it was easy for us to say, hey, you know, we're not going to prioritize that. That's not important. You know, swim competitions that take us across the across the country and all that. It may be good for other families, but we're we're just not going to do that. Right. And you know, no judgment here. We just feel like we've designed our life around certain areas, and we feel like that's the best for our family. Yeah. And unless there's like a league for kids running around yards hitting stuff with sticks, you know, I'm not sure <laughs> if I want my kids sign up. That my kids are really good at that. They do that all the time. They hit trees with sticks. Um, but there's another area that we want to make sure we stay balanced in, and that is in your hobbies and in pet projects. I know it can it can be easy to get sucked in, at least for me, it can get easy for me to get sucked into something so much that it's all I can think about so it consumes me. You know, it might be a music project or a carpentry project or a uh, a new hobby that I have, and I, and I need to guard my, my, my mind and my heart and make sure that I'm not overemphasizing that to where I let the other things become less of a priority. Right. You know, just because I love playing disc golf doesn't mean I should go do that every single Saturday, regardless of what's on the calendar. Yeah, or you'd have a very unhappy wife. I'd have a very unhappy wife, yeah. Making Sharing your Google Calendar with me has been a real, real big point <laughs> in our marriage. If you don't do that with your spouse, find a way to share a calendar. Um, it'll change your life. But what, what I think about when we talk about how the, the title of this podcast is How Do I Balance My Life? Something that I remember a man named David Hawes saying, he was a, he was a leader in the Teen Mania Honor Academy. Um, he said when he goes to bed every night, he lays in his bed and pretends he's in his coffin and asks himself, did I do well? Like, did I live today well? Is, did, if I died today, would I die satisfied with how I lived? Wow, it's deep. It's deep. And and he's he's a really intense, deep guy. You, yeah, you know, he he's is, a yeah. triathlon athlete and all these things. Um, great man of God. He's still doing great things, I believe, in uh, Minnesota. I think it's at mm-hmm. Bethany University or something like that. But I don't do that. That's not that's not my testimony. But what I think what I pull from that is I need to evaluate everything I do in my life against my priorities. Oh yeah. What are my priorities? I need to ask myself, is this important? If this is is this as important as what I could be doing right now? Am I overemphasizing something? And you know, if you have a goal in mind, if you have a big picture goal, like my goal is to be a man of God, my goal is to be a great husband, my goal is to be a great father, my goal is to be a great educator, in that order. If I get that out of order, if I if or if something comes up, an event, an opportunity, and I put it against them, like, well, I think if I say yes to this opportunity, it would mix up my balance or my priorities, then I need to say no to it or I need to right. investigate other ways of making it happen. And just in my own personal life, I, I think about times at school when I'm invited to do things or I could be a participant in this, participant in that. And I think about the kids that I teach and I and I love them and I want to be a great example and role model for them, but they're not more important than my children. Right. And I remind myself of that often because as much as I want to help my kids at school and be there for them, like I can't put them above my own children. I think that would be I think I would lay in the coffin disappointed with myself if I put their put those kids over my own kids. Yeah. You know, if I if I have a relationship with kids at school and they're I'm a positive role model for them, but my kids at home don't respect me or don't feel like they're loved by me, like I would feel out of balance. And that's a, that's a thought I have a lot. I, I think about that. I think, well, it's most important at the end of the day when I'm at school, 
I would rather be the world's greatest father and husband than the greatest teacher because those mm-hmm, kids, my kids come first. My wife comes first. And that helps me prioritize things because I believe God, you know, put that order in place for me. So I'm at the same time, I'm honoring God. Um, you know, my, my, my job is very relational being a teacher. And so it's easy sometimes to pit relationships against relationships because they're pretty equal. But um, it, it applies to anything. Like, do I want to be better friends with people in my club or, you know, a lot of people play and make friends online. You know, do I want to be better friends with them or do I want to have a better relationship with my wife, with my kids? Oh, yeah. You know, something to ask yourself. And that's helped me be balanced. Yeah. And a, a phrase that I believe my mom has always said to me, she said, she's always said, in the light of all eternity, will this matter? And she was always very good about pointing me to always keeping me eternity minded. Mm-hmm. Like, will this add to eternity? Can, can this, will this help bring more people into the kingdom of God? You know, she's always, she's always has always pointed me to that in the light of all eternity. Will it That's matter? Good. But the Bible says to set your focus on things above, not on things on the earth. And if we're so focused on the day to day things here on earth, then we, we can lose sight of what really matters. You know, Sam took up the offering today. It's Sunday when we're recording this. My brother Sam did the offering message today, and he mentioned how money should be looked at as a tool and not an end to itself because money's not going with us to heaven. Right. You know, we, we care about money because money can be useful in ministering and helping people, and people are eternal. So when you're focused on people and helping people, especially when it comes to sharing the gospel and um, being a good role model for them and, you know, helping mentor them, like that's what's eternity minded that's being eternity minded is being focused on helping people and not just looking for how you can have the most fun or enjoy life here on this earth the best yeah and i remember there was a time that i taught zuma classes back oh my gosh several several years ago and i could only do it in the evening times when you could stay home with the kids and it, there just came a point and I really loved doing it. Like it was, it was a hobby for me. It was something that I thoroughly enjoyed. I got an exercise and got to spend time with other people. It was super great, but there came a point in time where I had to let that go because it was just taking away all of our family time in the evenings. And that was, I mean, it was a little hard for me to do because I felt like that was, was my hobby. That was something that, you know, I was able to go and do. It was also a way to supplement some of our income. Not like a lot, but you know, enough for me to think like, oh, this would be like worth continuing. But there just came a point in time where I realized that, you know, this, this is taking away from my family. And, you know, I remember those times when Sal would just like scream and cry like the whole time mm-hmm. I was gone. And I remember that I mean, <laughs> And then Naomi came along and you know, it was just spending evenings away from you guys. And we had so many other things in the evening as well throughout the week. It just wasn't worth it for me to continue doing the hobby. And that was that was me saying, like, I'm out of balance here. Mm-hmm. And I really need to let this go for our family dynamic to be balanced. That's awesome. I remember when that conversation came up, I, I was just so, um, what's the right word? I guess I was impressed and I was 
I, re- I highly respected your view on it. And I wanted to make sure I remember having that conversation. Like, are you okay? Like, are you sure you want to stop doing this? Cause I didn't want you to feel like you're giving up all these things to stay at home, take care of the kids and whatever. But you you shared just basically what you just said, how it, it was our time in the evening that we need to be spending as a family. And if we're going to do something, if we're going to be busy, let's be busy together and let's be busy having fun together, making memories together. And I, I just highly respect that decision that you made. And, you know, it's, again, it's for a season. You might find an opportunity to do something like that in the future, right. you know, and when, when all of our kids are at school, eventually you might find something you can do during the day. Um, but I think you're right. That's, that's you being introspective and, and really being led by the Lord. You know, all this could be summed up by saying, just be led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, if God says, Hey, you need to stop doing this. Listen, if, if, if you feel this nudge, if you feel like, man, I'm overemphasizing my job over my family or my children over my marriage, listen to that. The Holy Spirit's probably nudging all of us in some area of our life to say, hey, you need to focus more on this or focus more on that and make that adjustment. The beginning of the year is a great time to make those adjustments too. Yeah, for sure. You know, to, to sit down with your spouse or to sit down and with your kids and say, hey, this is how we're going to be doing things this year. We're going to, here's what we're going to prioritize and emphasize over the next 12 months and see what kind of fruit can come from it. Yeah. It's not easy, but you know, this is the time people are making commitments and resolutions. And I think being a prioritized, balanced Christian would be a great, great, great thing to decide to do. Yeah. I think something I saw, um, on Instagram, um, Dave and Ashley Willis, their, uh, marriage, marriage they have a marriage podcast and everything anyway um one of the things that they recommended doing is they said make a point to you know especially as a married couple go out on a date and write down all of the things you want to accomplish this year with your spouse i thought that was a really good idea especially with you saying putting out resolutions and everything like that to make that a priority to talk with your spouse um and even you could even share it with your kids Mm -hmm things that you want to work on this year as Fantastic. a family. And if you're not married, share it with someone that you um, see as an accountability partner, as yeah. someone, maybe a family member or someone that you, best friend, someone you care about. So we'll end on that. That's your challenge for this week. If you um, want to sit down with your spouse and talk about things you want to accomplish this year, that would be a fantastic way. Good excuse to get alone too, away from your job, away from your kids, and just get alone with your spouse and talk about things you want to accomplish this year. That would be awesome. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you for listening. I want to remind you of a couple of things. If you're not following or subscribed to our to our podcast on whatever you're listening to, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do that. That way you don't have to wonder if there's a new episode out. You'll be able to open up your podcast app and see our episodes show up as a new episode. And next week, we're excited. We're going to be talking about some devotionals that leaders in our church have written, Melissa and myself included, we're part of that. But we're going to just highlight some things that we felt really ministered to us in this week to see that our church is doing here in January. So whether or not you're at church, whether or not you have that devotional, I'm actually going to share a digital version of it so you can read what we're talking about. But we're going to go over just some highlights that we feel like um, were good for us in this season of our lives. And again, we thank you so much for listening and hope to see you soon. Yep. Thank you, everyone.